For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, yo, yo! What up, though? You are listening to I'm Probably Right. I am Reggie Watkins, your host. Kevin Cleland is running the show, engineering, producing, and we are live from SoFi Stadium. We're Kevin, we are literally standing outside. I don't know if you guys can hear Kevin. Kevin, can, can they hear you right they now? They can hear me. Right they can hear you. Okay. We are at SoFi. We are at SoFi. Right here, and who knew that this game would damn matter, right? I didn't think it would matter when we saw on the schedule week 17, the extra 17th game, which I think is preposterous because it makes every week longer, injuries longer, the season longer, and we just don't need it. Get rid of the 17th game and uh, the Thursday night game, but I'm glad this game turned out to be something that we needed to come see and check out. So we are going to be here. We're going to give you some sounds and, and some sights. You ain't going to see no sights, but you'll get some sounds. And we're going to walk around the stadium. We're going to walk around, uh, you know what I'm saying, the parking lot and talk to some people and see what's going on. But, uh, yo, I'm probably right. We here at SoFi. Let's get it. Yo. All right, so as y'all could probably hear from that little sound clip, we had a good-ass time, Kevin. Um, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday, January 12th. My name is Reggie Watkins. You're listening to I'm Probably Right. You already heard that a second ago from, from this Sunday's Rams Niner game. But uh, I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review, or subscribe, uh, review, comment, but don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleland, who was running the boards on Sunday, is also running the boards of engineering right here, live for me right now. Kevin, how you doing, brother? I am doing well. Uh, we didn't. We definitely had a great time. It was uh, great to bring you as a guest at SoFi. Uh, the outcome was better for you, but uh, it's okay. We still won the West. Not the way I'd like to win it, but I did buy my hat and shirt, so I'm good. Yes, yes. We are. We were both winners. We were both winners on Sunday. Uh, you know, some a little bit more of a winner than others. But hey, it was a good day by all, and uh, everything came out right. But this week, we are going to recap what happened on Sunday with the 49ers and the Chargers and the Raiders. We're also going to get into the playoff matchups. You're going to see what I think and who I think is going to advance and and what the outcomes I think are going to be. And finally, we're going to talk about the national championship that just happened this past Monday between Alabama and Georgia. But first up. So, if you guys have been listening to the show, you know, since its inception, you guys know that I am a 49er fan. You also know that Kevin Cleland, who is the engineer of the show, is a Los Angeles Rams fan. He's been a Rams fan since they used to be out in Anaheim getting no fans. But Kevin has been there through thick and thin. He is a season ticket holder. And when we started the show, he was telling me, yo, uh, I'm going to take you to SoFi for the Niners game. It'll be a great experience, and, you know, you'll, we'll, we'll just make that be our thing that we get to do. And I'm like, oh, dope, man. Although, in my mind, I'm thinking, because I'm eternally 
just a realist about my team, the 49ers. I ain't think this game is going to matter worth a damn, right? All season long, I've been saying, oh, man, the Niners are going to get waxed when they come to SoFi. It just, the Rams are going to win this game. They're going to win their division. The Niners are going to show up, and they're going to be who we always expect them to be. I expect them to play pretty good defense, but I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to play like trash, and we're going to lose the game. So we get to SoFi, and for everybody who's never been to SoFi, let me tell you this thing right here. SoFi is the most beautiful stadium I've ever seen in my life. And I've been to a lot of these NFL stadiums. I've been to some of the college stadiums. I've been to Jerry World down in what, AT&T down in Dallas. Uh, the 49ers new stadium, Levi Stadium, which was built uh, about, hell, seven-some-odd years ago. Uh, I've been to all these new stadiums. Nothing is like SoFi. It's gorgeous. I mean, from it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful stadium food everywhere you look bathrooms hell there was never a line for me to go to the bathroom kevin every time i walked anywhere to use the bathroom i was able to walk right in get to the bathroom and walk right out it was that uh phenomenal of an experience i mean that makes the experience when you can readily access the bathroom without having to wait in long ass lines then you've already won my approval for your stadium so there was that uh, the game itself, the 49ers and the Rams, it had a lot of, uh, of intrigue to it because the 49ers needed to win this game to get into the playoffs, right? They either had to win this game or they could lose, but New Orleans also had to lose to the Falcons. So we had our faith in two things. We had to put our faith as 49er fans in Jimmy Garoppolo on the road versus a great defense. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not going to call them a great defense because uh, they sh- they've showed over the over the season not to be great, that they will bend a lot, and sometimes they will damn near just break. Um, but we had to depend on Jimmy Garoppolo showing up to SoFi on the road the last game of the season with all the marbles on the table, right? <laughs> all the chips was up there. He had to make get it ha- get make it happen. And we also had to, or or we had to depend on Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons winning a game versus the New Orleans Saints. And uh who is that whack-ass quarterback that plays for the Saints? Taysom Hill. We had to depend on Atlanta with a supposed, what people will tell you, Hall of Fame quarterback in Matt Ryan. We had to depend on them winning a game versus Taysom Hill, who shouldn't even be starting in the NFL. And we know how that happened. The Saints rolled up the damn Falcons. And what happened was first, the first half of the game, we get to the game, and I'm like, okay, cool. I think the Niners are probably going to lose. But hopefully the Saints can, you know, lose this game, the Falcons win, and, and, and we're in there. It, it is what it is. We get to sitting down, and the game starts out. Kevin, 17 nothing. First half, I'm sitting there with you, and Kevin is riding high. Oh, man, this is great. Oh, oh, look at OBJ. Oh, oh, man, Cooper Cup. Oh, my God. And Cooper Cup is going for the record and all this stuff. And so first half, 17 nothing. And I'm yelling. My, my voice is going. I'm yelling, going crazy. Cooper Cup keeps catching these single-covered passes. And I don't know for the life of me, and I feel like there needs to be some kind of inquiry done into Cooper Cup in this season because I feel like defensive teams in the NFL have just decided we ain't going to cover him like he's good. 
They cover him like he's a third receiver. They've got him single covered. I don't understand why. The man is setting records, albeit in a 17-game season. So, so, so the record should have an asterisk next to it. But the man was trying to set records. Why wouldn't you double-team him and make somebody else beat you? I don't understand. But that's what was happening in the first half. Jimmy Garoppolo was god-awful, which he is wont to do on a regular basis. And so I'm yelling for Trey Lance because Trey Lance started for the Niners the week before. So I was like, no, just keep Lance in there, man. I mean, what, 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 what else? How bad could it be? Keep him in there. He gives you an option to run. He's also learning, and he's going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But he doesn't start Trey Lance. He decides to start Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo gets in there. He's god-awful. The Rams had the ball almost the entire first half. Literally the first quarter, the Rams ran off nine minutes in their first drive. We got the ball back at six minutes in the first quarter for the first time, and then we went three and out. Rams got the ball back, and they just were steamrolling us for the first half. I'm yelling, ready to put in Trey Lance. I'm, I'm silent. I'm pissed off. Halftime comes. They come back out. The Saints are blowing out the Falcons. We know that's a wrap. So now the Niners have to win. And I'm like, oh, whatever. We don't deserve to be in the playoffs. It was going to be what it is. But then the 49ers start doing what the 49ers should always do, which is run the damn ball. Kevin, they ran the Rams off the damn field. They had one series, one scoring drive where they ran the ball. I want to say it was about 12 times, and they passed it once and you know who passed the ball it wasn't even jimmy garoppolo it was debo samuel throwing a touchdown pass other than that they ran the damn ball down the ram's throat and it worked and that's what they did for the second half and they came back and won this game it was the greatest game that i've ever been to in person i've never seen a better game live in my life. And and, and it, what made it so much greater is because I didn't expect it to be anything. I expected it to be a trash-ass game. But it turned out in our favor, and the Niners pulled it out. And once again, Jimmy Garoppolo was terrible until they absolutely needed him to be good. Something about the kid. He is terrible when nothing matters, right? He's terrible for 50 minutes of the game. But the last 10, when they actually are down or they need a drive, something happens and Jimmy Garoppolo's actually okay. He becomes good. But that's also a problem that you have with, with a quarterback. You don't want the guy to be bad for 50 minutes and good for 10. You need him to be great for the entire game. Same thing that used to happen with Tim Tebow. And everybody talks about that magical season Tim Tebow had back in the day. Well, he was terrible for 55 minutes. And for the last five, he'd be great. Yeah, but we got 55 minutes of football that we need to play well, man. We can't have this dude out here looking like boo-boo. So the Niners won the game. And, and also, L.A. fans... I don't know, I don't know, Kevin, if this is the norm, but y'all got to be ashamed of yourself a little bit because that stadium was 70% Niner fans. Too much red. A lot of red. Yep. Sea of red. It sounded like a Niner home game. Hell, when the Rams had the ball on offense on third downs, they was getting crowd noise. It was going, which I was, uh, you know, adding to loudly, but it was, it was, it was insane in there, man. Insane atmosphere. Great game. Niners pulled it out. And now they get to go play Dallas. We bring them back the old glory. And I'm excited now, man, because it, playoffs is all about the matchups and all about the seedings, right? And so with the Rams losing, 
that with with us beating the Rams and then the Cardinals losing to the Seahawks, thank you, Russell Wilson, that gave the Rams still the division. And now the Niners get to go play the Cowboys, who are a beatable team for them. It is going to be interesting to see because the playoffs is all just luck of the draw. You got to get in to have a chance. And people will talk about this 17 you know the 17 the 17 game season i've heard some people say oh man this 17 game season was fantastic and they're out of their mind because they're forgetting the weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of terrible football we had we had some bad matchups all because they've got to make out you know the nfl sets these schedules up so that the last game is usually divisional games because they know something's going to be on the line they want to make it happen but in between that we've got this extra game so we got to get the logistics and the scheduling all right so that people can have this one extra game and it just kind of jumbled things up hell we've already got thursday night football which i think is a travesty it's the worst thing that they do because you don't get full rest for these guys who've just been in a car crash for 60 minutes three days ago Right, You've got to give them more time to heal, and I feel like the Thursday night game just doesn't do that, and that's why we usually get terrible matchups. But this week seven, this week 18, which is what it was, had some distinctly great games. The Rams, the 49ers, great game, turned out fantastic. And then we left, and the Sunday night game was with the Chargers and the Raiders. And this one, if you watch the game and you listen to Chris Collinsworth, you, couldn't, you could not miss hearing it. That if they both tie, they both get into the playoffs. So you got this game, right? Both of these teams, these are both AFC West teams. They've been in the same division for decades, right? They have history. They hate each other, don't like each other. But both teams play to a tie. They're into the playoffs. And and that is a reality because the Indianapolis Colts wet the bed versus the Jaguars and lost. So that got... The Steelers in if one of the two teams won or lost. But if they tied, they both get into the playoffs. Okay? So they play this game, and they're going back and forth. And when it gets to the end of regulation, it's a tie. Right? They get to overtime. They they made it to overtime, and it's a tie. And when it gets there, I start thinking to myself, damn, if I was either of these teams, I might go talk to the coach and say, yo, how about if we just forfeit the overtime? We're both in. Damn an extra 10 minutes of car crashes. Why do we need to do this for another 10 minutes? We're going to go into the playoffs less healthy than we were before. So why not just agree to take knees and we're both in and let it ride, right? But the NFL can't do that, right? And and and, and you start to realize that as you think more about it because the NFL, above all else— the NFL is not here because they love San Jose and they want the 49ers to be prosper. The NFL is not here because they love Los Angeles and the Rams are good for Los Angeles. The NFL is here because they make money. And how they make money is off competition and gambling, right? NFL is so popular because of gambling. People live and die by the outcomes that happen on these games. So you can't have people mailing it in. That's the worst thing that could ever happen for the NFL is if those two teams sat there and decided, hey, we're not even going to play. Let's just play for the tie. Money gets lost in Vegas and you lose the competitive spirit of the game. But as it's going on, it looks like they might do that without 
without coming out and saying they're going to do it because the game just goes in that fashion, right? They get to the overtime. The Raiders come down and kick a field goal. And in the NFL, when the overtime happens, if the first team doesn't score a touchdown, they kick a field goal. The next team gets a chance to score a touchdown or kick a field goal to keep the game going. So the Raiders go down, kick a field goal. Chargers come back, come down, kick a field goal. Now, the Raiders have the ball, and they're driving, and the clock is just running down. I'm like, okay, now they're just going to run out the clock. Now both teams are in, just run out the clock. And it looks like the Raiders are going to do that. But they get to a third and eight. Third, no, no, I'm sorry. It's like a third and five, and they've got 38 seconds left. If they just let the clock run out, if they run one more play, it goes to fourth down, they let the clock, and then they can just let the play clock and the clock run down. Brandon Staley, who that dude went for a fourth and two on the Chargers 18 yard line. Let me repeat this for you. He went for a fourth and two in a game that the winner gets to go to the playoffs. He's on the road. They're backed up on their own 18. A chip shot field goal for the other team if they do not get this fourth. He goes for it, and guess what happens? They do not get it. The Raiders get the ball. They kick a field goal. That gave the Raiders the opportunity to even get to an overtime. Because Derek Carr played like trash in this game. I mean, he was he was not good. He was like 15. At one point, he was like 15 to 32 passing. It just the moment was, a, it was really too big for Derek Carr. But when Brandon Staley does stuff like this, what... You can't put your team in this kind of position to not have any advantage that they can have. And I don't care if you're saying, well, it's analytics, and this is what we do. We follow the analytics. No, sometimes you have to go by feel of the game. And Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive coordinator. He's supposed to know that you cannot put your defense back on the field with with right in field goal range. They're 18 yards away from a touchdown, and there's a chip shot field goal that he just gave them through. You cannot be in a game of this magnitude and give away points. And that's what Brandon Staley did. Now, I understand him going for it on on fourth and fourth and and, and threes and and things like that when there's really good when field position isn't so compromised. I understand that. But I felt like Brandon Staley decided that that's the kind of guy that I am. That's what this is what we do. No, 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 bro. You punk the ball and you let your defense come on and have a real battle for field position. You do not give away points in a game that's basically essentially a playoff game. This is a playoff game between the Raiders and the Chargers. So we get to that overtime. The Raiders have the ball. It's 38 seconds left. And the Chargers call a timeout, which at the time was the dumbest timeout I'd ever seen in my life, right? Because... The Raiders were all fine and willing to not run another play. The Raiders did not want to have people hit each other again. They were done. Well, we've made it this far. We can both take a knee and we're both in the playoffs. But the Chargers call a timeout because the Chargers call a timeout. Now it's third and and five. If they get the stop, they're going to call another timeout. They're going to get the punt and they're going to try and go get a score. That's what Brandon Staley told the Raiders by calling that timeout. He told them, no, don't play for the tie. One of us plays for the win. And I got to say, at first, I was like, Brandon Staley's an idiot. They were both going to be in, the, in into the playoffs. But after you sit back and think of it, I'm like, yo, I respect that dude. Somebody play to win. Don't do this. 
let's be competitive. Yo, we want the ball. If we get the ball, we're going to go try to score on you. So the Raiders are like, okay, that's how it's going to be. All right, we'll run this. We get this first down. Now we're kicking the field goal. They run it. They got the first down. And Brandon Staley said he was trying to call the timeout because he had nickel personnel on the field and he wanted to get run personnel on because he knew they were going to run. But he called the timeout, got the run personnel on, and they still got their ass ran on. And they got the first down. And then they went on and kicked the field goal. Carlson made it. Game over. Raiders. I'm not going to say because we had two great games at the end of week uh, 18 that the extra uh, game was a success. No, I really feel like it just waters down the game even more, and it just adds more injuries. It's another week of car crashes that these guys have to go through, and I I just don't don't need to see football that much that I need an extra game. But I understand some of you people do, and some of you people want to see the Thursday night games. Hell, some of you people would love a Wednesday night. Some of y'all would love any game, any day of the week. I just don't watch football that damn much to watch bad football. I'm not here to do it. But I'm ready for these playoff matchups because we got some good-ass matchups, and we're going to talk about it in the next segment. Back after the break. So... We got the playoffs. Wild card weekend is here and upon us. And one thing I didn't say in the last segment that I got to say, um, Justin Herbert is that dude. That guy is phenomenal. I, I, I mean, I, and it's, it's weird. It's crazy because I did not see this when he was at Oregon. I thought he was just a guy at Oregon. I really did. And that's just a testament to how not good Oregon is. They make everybody look pedestrian. Uh, that guy is ridiculous, and he's getting people fired. I mean, Brian Brian Flores just got fired this week as the Dolphins coach, who I thought he was okay, but also thought that he had some things. You know, when he first got the job, he kind of had the thing with, with Kenny Stills, where Kenny Stills was a big Kaepernick supporter and, and friend, and Brian Flores had a little issue with him talking about he was going to kneel for the anthem and yada, yada, and we don't do that here and all that stuff. And I was like, are you going to lose a locker room talking like this, man? Just chill. Um, but I thought he did a good job with what he had, but they're never going to live down the fact that they took Tua Tagovailoa and they passed over Justin Herbert. I mean, the, the the Bengals got Joe Burrow and they look like they they in love with that pick, but that Dolphins and 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 the and the Chargers having two different quarterbacks, man, Herbert is going to make a lot of people uh, cry in the next fifteen years, and it's going to be amazing to see with him. And Patrick Mahomes in the same division for the next 10 to 15 years. Oh my God. That dude is special. He he I mean his throwing motion is just beautiful. Everything I just love watching the kid play. He's he's in my top five. Phenomenal. In my top five quarterbacks right now. He is the real deal. But the playoff matchups are here. And so the Raiders, who beat those Chargers and Justin Herbert, they will be going to play Joe uh Burrow and the Bengals, where they will get ran off the field um, the Bengals at home ain't no punk they are going to I mean Derek Carr is nice but you know he just isn't in that same tier as like the really good quarterbacks he's a nice guy I like you know he's a little after I really like him in the post-game interviews I kind of like him I just don't think he's as good a quarterback as you need to be to go on the road and win a playoff game and especially not up in Cincinnati I think Joe Burrow and that offense uh Chase, man, mixing all the – they just got too much going on. And I just feel like the Bengals, they're going to win a playoff game. It's been a minute, I think, what, since Andy Dalton was there back when they had the Red Rifle and, and you know, uh, Marvin Lewis. They was they won a, won a playoff game or two. Yo, I think they've got a good thing going in Cincinnati, and I think they're going to whoop 
the Raiders' ass. Patriots and the Bills. This is the third time we are going to see this matchup this season. The first time was up there in the blizzard or the cold-ass weather where the Patriots ran the ball, uh, I think, what, 40-some-odd times, and they only let their quarterback throw the ball three times? He threw the ball three times in a, a wind and cold storm while the Buffalo Bills decided they were going to try to show how great Josh Allen was and throw the ball all over the field, and it amounted to them losing at home to the Patriots. Then they went up to Foxborough and beat the brakes off the Patriots and made Mac Jones look like a rookie. And Mac Jones looked good in, I guess, his last game of the season, so everybody's getting a little bit high on him again. But I'm here to tell you that the Bills are going to beat the brakes off the Patriots up <laughs> in Buffalo, uh, set your clock to it, Eagles and Buccaneers. Now, this is an interesting game because if, if you will remember, the Bucs went to Philadelphia earlier this year in one of those Thursday night matchups. And the Bucs pulled out a win, but it was a close, close game. Why was it a close game? Because Philadelphia was able to get pressure on Tom Brady. They were able to get pressure on Tom Brady, and he wasn't able to connect with these receivers. And who is Tom Brady going to be missing this first game? Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown. He's missing Antonio Brown. I don't know if Godwin's going to be back. Uh, you, you, you got Evans back with a, with a little bit of a bum hamstring. Is Fournette going to be there? We still don't know that either. The Buccaneers are a little compromised. This is a game that on the outside looks like, oh, who cares about this game? It's a 2-7 matchup. Yo, I, I'm kind of interested to see how Jalen Hurts plays this game because don't forget what the Eagles did this past week either versus the Cowboys. They didn't play barely any of their damn starters. This is a running team who gave their starters a week off because they knew they were in the playoffs. Now they get a week of no car crashes to really heal up and come and give the Bucks all they can handle. I think this might be the upset special of the week. I really do. I, I just think that they can run the ball. And when you got a dude who can run and throw the ball, and he's not the greatest thrower, but when you got a dude who can control the game with his legs and his arm, you never know what can happen. This is the game that I'd be looking for as an upset special. But then again, also, you've got my, my 49ers and my Cowboys, my 49ers who beat Kevin's Rams to get into the playoffs. This game looks like, because of what we just saw, everybody's got great feelings about it. And I just got to be real again. Do I think the 49ers can beat the Cowboys? I think they can. They do things that the Cowboys generally can't account for. They can run the ball, and the Cowboys aren't a great run-stopping defense. They've got dynamic playmakers. They've got Debo Samuel, right? they got George Kittle. The Cowboys don't have people that are definitely or designed to stop them. But the, but the big problem is the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo and the Dallas Cowboys have Dak Prescott. And Dak had had his little slump throughout the week, and he could talk about, oh, I was in, oh, well, it's pretty good for a guy with no slump. I mean, he threw for 37 touchdowns. He threw five this past week against the Eagles' backups. And uh, kudos to the 17th uh, game, extra game, right? Now people are getting all these extra stats, and so he broke Tony Romo's record for touchdowns in the season. But put an asterisk next to it because it was an extra game that Tony Romo didn't get to play. And when it comes down to it, I just trust Dak Prescott more than I trust Jimmy Garoppolo, especially on the road. 
I just got to, I mean, it's going to come down to, you're going to have to show me. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, Jimmy Garoppolo has to beat me. I'm going to put eight men in the box. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to hit Debo Samuel and George Kittle with a steady diet of passes and completions to get first downs. That's the only way around it. So can they do it? I think they can. Will they do it? Eh. I ain't sold. Show me again. Steelers and Chiefs. Uh, They don't even need to play this game. <laughs> this game, this game don't even need to be played. The Steelers backed into the playoffs, lucked into the playoffs, and they're about to get waxed. They already got waxed in the regular season versus the Chiefs. Now the Chiefs, oh my God, they're about to murder the Steelers. Put your money down. I don't know what the spread of the spread is. Twelve and a half. Take it. Take it. The Steelers are overmatched. The Chiefs are coming to play. They are going to put up a bunch of points. The Steelers ain't going to score no points because Ben is shot. I wish that his last game could have been the last game that we saw on TV. If anybody watched, I didn't even watch that damn game against, I think it was the Browns. I didn't watch that damn game. Uh, his last home game at, at, at Three Rivers or, wherever, or, or wherever the hell they play. Um, uh, that should have been him riding off to the sunset. But unfortunately, the Colts couldn't do what they had to do, and we didn't get no tie between the Raiders and the Chargers. So ben ben, Big Ben has to come out here and get waxed by Patrick Mahomes. And eh. and then you get Mike Tomlin, and he's got his, you know, he's got his 15 seasons of of you know, always being 800, I mean, 500 or above, and that's nice. But it might be time for him to go, too. I mean, I'm one of these people who, yo, I like the consistency of, okay, we we, we, we were never really terrible. But, damn, when you ain't terrible, you don't get the high draft picks. And they are not in a position to do anything because next year without – listen to this. With Ben Roethlisberger, they finished 9-7-1 and and backed into the playoffs. What the hell are they going to do with Mason Rudolph? They're going to be terrible next year. Terrible, I tell you. And they don't have a high enough draft pick to get a quarterback. And there ain't no quarterback in this this year's draft. So – they're about to be terrible, and then we're going to see how quick or how long people want to stay on the We Love Mike Tomlin when he's going 6-11, and 11 because that's what it's going to be. And then we got your team, Kevin, Cardinals and the Rams, a rematch. Now, hold on. I just want to make sure. You guys split the series with the, the Cardinals? Uh, yeah, we won there, and they beat us very easily uh, so far. Yeah, but the Cardinals have been on the downslide the last couple of weeks. Hell, they just lost to the Seahawks, and they needed to win that game. If they had won that game, they would have won the division, had a home playoff game, and they just seemed to be falling apart. So this is an interesting game. I think the Rams get back, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get things together and handle their business at home, and I fully expect them to win this game over the Cardinals. But stranger things have happened. I mean, and Kyler Murray... You just when you got that guy having the ball in his hands, you got a guy who's dynamic like that, as the playmaker who can pass and run. Uh, I, I I think I could clearly see the Rams winning this game. However, the Rams have the same problem that the Niners have, that the Cowboys have. I don't trust their damn quarterback. Matthew Stafford still is just a guy, and there's a reason why he ain't in Detroit no more, and why they never won a damn playoff game because you can't trust that dude when the chips are all on the table. So. Wild card is going to be exciting. I, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Um, I wish I could pick my Niners, but I will not, and I will not touch that game. I will not bet on it at all. But uh, I know we got some d- degenerates out there, so y'all have fun. I'm probably right. We'll be back after this segment. Mm-hmm. 
So, the college football season came to a close this past Monday. Actually, it, it came to a close this past Monday. I was thinking that there might still be one more game, but no, it was just a canceled uh, game between Memphis and Hawaii, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. It's another one of these 50, 11 million bowls that goes on. Um, but this this past Monday, Georgia and Alabama played for the second time this season. Uh, the first time was in the SEC championship where Bama beat the brakes off of Georgia. And uh, we had talked about that in this podcast because I was clearly on the vibe of ain't no way in hell that Nick Saban and Alabama are losing to a walk-on quarterback named Stetson Bennett the fourth. Stetson is an old man's cologne, not a quarterback that beats Alabama. And in the SEC championship, it looked exactly that way. Hell, I was questioning Kirby Smart, uh, questioning his smartness. Because Stetson Bennett IV, nice dude, nice story. He was a, you know, he was a walk-on. He tried to walk on at a high school, but they didn't really want him back then. So he went to junior college and played and came back as a walk-on again and finally got on Georgia. And he started last year. He got uh, you know, they brought in JT Daniels because they thought they needed a five-star recruit. JT Daniels started, got hurt. They brought Stetson Bennett back in and he leads them all the way through. Georgia's number one pretty much all season long until they play uh, Alabama in the SEC championship, and they get blasted. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, now we see what the cream of the crop is, and we see the Georgia. We see Georgia and Alabama. The difference is the quarterbacks because Alabama has Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, and Georgia does not. But what Georgia did have is a lights-out damn defense. I mean, this defense was stifling, fast, all over the damn place, and – Even in the first matchup, you could see the defense was dope, but what Alabama had was they had this great quarterback, but they also had these dynamic receivers, right? They had Mitchie, who got hurt in the SEC championship game, but but they could could lose Mitchie because they still had Jamison Williams, who was another 1,000-yard receiver, right? And so you're still thinking, okay, they still got the firepower, and it's Alabama. They lose one guy, they're going to replace it, and they'll bring somebody else in there. So we get to the national championship game, and you just—I'm thinking—and I bet I bet some of my boys. I'm like, "Yo, psh, <laughs> ain't no walk-on beating Alabama." And Nick Saban ain't letting no walk-on beat Alabama. And for the first three quarters of the game, it was seesaw with field goals. Nobody could get into the damn end zone because Georgia's defense was so insane, and Stetson Bennett the fourth was so average. That they couldn't get anything done. They could not move the ball. They couldn't pass the ball down the field. But then a funny thing happened. Jamison Williams tore his ACL in this game. And immediately the first thing I thought about was Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard being up on that college game day podium and calling kids out for not playing in bowl games. And yes, they were talking about, well, the kids don't want to play in these lesser bowl games. They just have a sense of entitlement. But I question whether any kid should be playing in any of these bowl games because they're still playing for free. I do not care if it's I got people on Instagram and on social media talking about, well, it's the national championship. Of course, everybody, nobody wants to sit out the national championship. What's the difference between a national championship and a Little Caesars Bowl? What does the national championship actually do for these kids? They're not, is it put money in their pocket? No, it's not. So it still is a game they're playing for free when they've got the NFL and paid games in their future. And Jamison Williams, not like Jamison Williams was a freshman or a sophomore and he had to come back for his junior year. Jamison Williams is a junior. 
he was leaving for the draft this year, but instead played in these playoff games, hurt his leg, and now we'll see what happens. He just lost money, lost draft status, and lost money. Because why? He wanted to play in the game. For who? For, for Alabama fans. People who, they ain't going to line up to, put the, to, to replace the money that that man made. Now, I'm, now, now I'm sure. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that the players at, at Alabama get a little something under the table, right? I mean, that's just part of the game. And they got this name, image, and likeness thing going on, which is okay, but it still ain't the schools paying the players, which is what it should be. Name, image, and likeness is just the schools finding a way to not have to pay the players and letting somebody else do it. Legally. So Jamison Williams get hurt, and Georgia players, all of a sudden, you can tell them. They said, oh, man, that just changes things because now they don't have a real threat on the outside. Now they don't have a real threat. So now what Georgia can do with that amazing defense is load the box up, and now Alabama can't run at all. And so what Alabama had to do was throw the ball with Bryce Young 57 times. 57 times. Missing his two top receivers from the season. And Stetson Bennett made a couple of big plays, and that was enough to change the game. The margins are that slim in these games like this. That was enough to change the game. He made a couple throws. And and, and it's a great story because you know how he bounced back from being a walk-on and all that stuff. And people are talking about, man, don't you count this kid out. Oh, I am. I, I don't give a damn. He played great. Let this be the pinnacle. But don't come to me talking about no NFL. Don't talk about he's, hey, man, let's draft this kid. Please, no, and thank you. His next stop is, I mean, uh, I don't think he's a senior. I don't know. I think he's a senior. He might be a junior. I think he's a senior. His next stop is being an analyst at Charles Schwab. Okay? There ain't no NFL in this man's future. Please stop. Do not hurt his feelings that way. Don't hype him up to any more to be thinking something better is, is going to happen. He played the game of his life the other day, and they got the win. End of story. That's it. Walk off to the sunset and make you a lot of money trading options and futures. But what happens now for the SEC? Because this is a great win for Georgia. And with the, I mean, look, listen, Georgia gets the top recruiting class almost every year. People don't, and the recruiting classes aren't just about, you know, it's, it's, of course you want these blue chip athletes, but what it is, is you get the most blue chips, you get the most blue chips. And it's just like lottery tickets. They don't always pan out, but you have a better shot at them panning out if you get them there. So the difference between one school having eight, uh, five-star recruits and another one having four that's four more lottery tickets that might pan out and they're always at positions that damn near matter right if you can get a five-star quarterback uh, as opposed to Alabama not getting the five-star you've given yourself that much more of an advantage in the next four years with the development of this kid over the guy that they've got it just is what it is there's a reason these kids are rated as five stars four stars and three stars because most of the schools have a mix of four and three star players that they just coach up and make them and, and they end up being good but where the where the margins lie is in the five stars and how many you can get to actually hit on them and georgia always has the most five star recruits they've done it for the last couple of years and we might see a change in the guard because i don't care what anybody says nick saban dope great coach He's 73 years old, if, I want to say, if, I'm, if I'm right, 73 years old. Just 
lost the national championship this year. They lost a game in the regular season. They didn't look that great in the regular season either. They, they look good, but not regular Bama unbeatable. Don't let it happen again next year. Because I don't care what anybody says. He's the GOAT, whatever. That's still SEC country. That's still Alabama. They will get him up out of there. It'll be time for the GOAT to go if they if they lose two years in a row, not making it to a national championship or winning a national championship. And I think they'll be back because Bryce Young is going to be back, and they'll retool. They always retool. But Georgia's defense, oh, the, fa- the, the, the speed, the aggression that those dudes play with, if they could get a five-star quarterback, it is over. Georgia will win the SEC again and again and again. If they get a five-star quarterback with those recruits that they got and Kirby Smart, what he's doing, it might be a change in the guard. I hope not because I like Alabama and I like Nick Saban. I'm, I'm the guy who's – I am not the guy rooting for the underdog. I want to see the overdog win most of the time because it's a better it's, – it's more fun. It's more entertaining. I want to see the best of the best continue to be the best of the best. I like it. I don't want to see the best lose. Where's the entertainment in that? I want to see a good game, but at the end of the day, I'm not the guy here rooting for the underdog. I like the damn overdog. But it was a great game. Great game, and I lost money. So I'm pissed. I was not probably right on that. But don't get used to it. Lee, Justin, I'll be back. Thank y'all for listening so much. We're going to leave you with some some sounds from SoFi when I was walking around enjoying the bliss and my 49ers winning and beating Kevin's Rams. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. So we out here. Game over. And I think you can hear tell by my voice. Uh, the Niners did the damn thing. Kevin is, uh, is, is slowly drinking his sorrows away with a little, with a little IPA, you know. But uh, we had a great game in there, you know. I'm going to tell you this. SoFi is the most beautiful stadium I've ever seen in my life. But today... It was Niners home stadium. That's what it was today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, literally 70%, 70, 75% Niners fans. I saw red all day. And uh, and then red all day. We we got that dub. Now we going to Dallas. Dallas, and we gonna see what's cracking, because we bringing back the old days, baby. Niners going into Jerry World, and we getting that dub. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm probably right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. My man Kevin with the great, great game today. Thank you so much, brother, for bringing us out, you know what I'm saying, and letting us get up in the stadium and do the damn thing. You okay? It's a good game. It's like a good I said, game. Like I said, uh, we all win because uh, Seattle helped us out, so we still win the West. Four Niners move on. There it is. There it is. We all, all good. We all winners here today. Some all more winners. than others, though. You know, some more than others today. But, hey, <laughs> we got <laughs> Hey, you know, let's go, baby. We own it. We own it. Hey, there it is. And we'll be back next week with another episode. But thank y'all for tuning in. My name is Reggie Watkins. You're listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. Don't be hating. Kevin Cleveland, my man, is running the board, engineering. Thank you, sir. See y'all next week. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.